0: that video. Makes me feel like I should swing out here on a rope or something, you know. Just walking out here feels a little lame just walking out here. So, hey, we are continuing in our series today, uh, Rite a Passage, and we're talking primarily to men. Before we get going, though, today, I um, feel like it'd be important for us to stop and uh, take a couple of minutes here and just pray about what's happened this past week in our country. And, and uh, so, if you would, would you join with me in prayer? Father, we thank you, God, for your presence, your power. Thank you that you're in control. Thank you that we never face a day that we face it alone. And God, I pray for, uh, especially for the families that have been so tragically impacted down in Florida, God, I pray that you would comfort them, that you would empower them. God, that they would know your presence, that they would know you. God, I pray for Christians that are there uh, dealing with all that. God, may they shine as uh, lights in that darkness. For unbelievers, Father, they come to a point of faith. They'd turn to you at this time and, and know the meaning, the purpose, the grace that only you can provide. God, I pray for our nation that there'd be healing, that there'd be uh, direction. We pray for our leaders. Give them wisdom. Give them, Father, hearts that are uh, dedicated to doing what's right and what's honorable. And Father, I pray that uh, as a nation, we're broken in so many ways, God, that we'd be broken in the most important way. It's broken before you. God, may we turn from our sin and turn to you. It's the only real hope we have. Thank you, God. Thank you for your presence here today. And we ask, God, that as we spend some time now in your word, that you'd be honored through it, that you'd bless it. God, that you'd uh, transform us and continue to change us to live in a way that brings honor and glory to your name. And we pray this in the most precious name of our Savior. Amen. We are talking primarily to men. One of the things that, you know, that marks a man that makes a difference is that he initiates. At the right time, in the right way, the guy that's going to make a difference doesn't, help, doesn't hesitate to step up, to step out, to take a risk. And if things don't go as they might have hoped, then he gets back up and he goes again. For some reason, some guys sometimes have a difficult time doing that initiating. Maybe some are just afraid of failure. Maybe some just some just play defense and never go on offense. You know, some go into prevent. You know, don't you hate that if you're a football fan and you're watching your team and they're ahead and the announcer says, looks like they're going into prevent you know, because you know what that means, you know, we all know, you know, what it means is it prevents you from winning, you know, and so we know that's what's going to happen, and so th- th- as they chip away at the field, we don't, but, and sometimes as, as, as guys, we go on prevent, we're, we're going to prevent our kids from rebelling, we're going to prevent our finances from falling apart, we're going to prevent our marriages from disintegrating, we go total defense, and what happens is we never get on offense, and it's hard to win when you never get on offense, right, we end up playing not to lose instead of playing to win. It's not a great option. And then there's some that take maybe an even worse option. is what psychologists call the Peter Pan syndrome. You heard of it? That perpetual state of boyhood some guys get into. You know, it's this unwillingness to work, at least unwillingness to work when they're not really motivated to. You know, they've got a job for a while, and then they they back off, they lose their interest in it, and then they sit and wait, looking for that opportunity at some point down the road to get back in, get motivated, to get working. They say these guys are marked by betting on long-shot dreams. You know, they got this big dream of becoming a self-supporting actor, a filmmaker, a sports marketer. And obviously, some people make it in those fields, but not many. And, but these guys hang on to these long-shot dreams, and they pass over the, the, the need for a more realistic career. And these guys with the Peter Pan syndrome, sometimes they blame their failure on their parents, their spouse, their former employer. You see, what the psychologists is talking about are guys who just sit back passively, letting life happen. They don't initiate. Last week, Kevin said that as men, we don't drift into a deeper relationship with God. That's not only true in our pursuit of God, it's also true in other areas of our lives, like our marriages. Men, especially in our marriages, we should trigger things that are positive, things that are God-honoring. We should initiate. We shouldn't passively sit back and just let whatever happens, happen. And, that ha- and that's the way it is for the very beginning, before we're even married. Guys should initiate. I-, I know people have different opinions and theories on the whole topic of dating, but one of the things that should happen, no matter how it gets done, is that the guy steps up and he initiates. I've told before about asking Becky out for the first time. It's a-, a little bit of a tough moment for me. Um, uh, we had met one time before. We had been introduced. I was counting on that introduction, um, but she didn't remember that introduction. <laughs> uh, uh, and and I'd seen Becky on campus, and I wanted and I knew certain things about her. I wanted to take her out, and uh, um, the problem was she was a nursing student. And, and these nursing students, they just went around in like little packs, you know, 10 of them. You know, all over the, all over the campus, It's the way they, it was. And I was willing to step up and ask her out, but I wasn't willing to step up and ask her out in front of 10 other girls. Okay, so, so I was waiting for the time that I would see her alone. And then one day, I, uh, I, I step out of a building. I'm walking down the sidewalk, and Becky steps out of another building, and she's walking towards me, and I'm like, this is it? This is, this is do or die. It's now or never. And she's walking closer, and I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get her attention a little bit, trying to get her to look. She's not looking at me. She's just going to keep on walking. Finally, she looks up. She smiles. I say hi to her, and she says hi, and then she's going to keep on walking. And I say, excuse me. There was something going on on campus that weekend. I said, I was just wondering if you'd like to go to this thing and then go out to eat. She said, okay. Um, She's like, and I started telling her, okay, well, then that's great. I'll, you know, I'll come by Friday evening and here's someone, I'll pick you up and all this stuff and getting all the details down. So I said, it's great. I look forward to it. See you Friday evening. She said, okay. She said, by the way, who are you? You know, it's like, oh, man. I was counting on that time we had been introduced before. She, she still doesn't remember that time, has no clue about when that happened. Guys, you got to initiate. My suggestion is that you make sure they know who you are first, <laughs> but you need to step up. And girls, ladies, if you're in that phase of life, my suggestion is if he doesn't step up, move on. Find someone who sees you as worth pursuing. I saw an article talking about guys who tended even to wait to ask a girl out when they had put out feelers, you know, and they waited to find out would she say no or yes if they did ask her. And this author was sort of challenging these guys not to do that. He was saying, you need to step up and ask, just ask, and he gave some of the objections that the guys might have to that approach, and he gave a response to them. He said, they say things like, well, wait a minute. Are you saying that that all the risk is mine? Yes, I am. Doesn't that mean that she can just tell me no and leave me twisting in the wind? Yes, it does. Welcome to leadership. Welcome to being a man. Your cards belong on the table. Your intentions and your feelings to the extent that you can discern them and it is appropriate for you to share them should be clear. Part of your role, even at this early stage, is to protect the woman of your interest from unnecessary risk and vulnerability by providing a safe context in which she can respond. So she gets to say yes or no. And you as a guy, you got to be able to take it. You initiate, let her respond. So all I wanna do today is just this. I wanna give you some examples of areas that men should initiate in marriage. And as I do that, just a couple of things I wanna point out to you. First of all, one, this is not an exhaustive list. Men, you may find plenty of other areas that you can step up and step out. Great, do it. Do whatever you can to take the initiative in your relationship. Secondly, ladies, please do not use this list as a weapon against your husband. Because the minute you start doing that, you're doing the exact opposite of what Scripture directs you to do as a wife. The thing I'd ask you to do today is, this is mostly pointed at men, I'd ask you to ask yourself two questions. First, how can I help him initiate? Secondly, how am I responding when he tries to initiate? Think about it. And I go over these things a lot with couples in premarital counseling, but it's good for all of us, whether, whether we're new to marriage or we've been married a long time, to look at it. We're, we're going back to the Old Testament book of the Song of Solomon. And if you know anything about the Song of Solomon, you may have asked the question, What in the world is this book doing in the Bible? Sort of different. It's very different. And that's because this book, the theme of this book is love. It's an Eastern love song. It's an oriental love poem. And some people wanna look at it and think, well, this is about Jesus or God's love for the church. And there's certainly parallels there. But I, I don't think that's the main purpose. The main purpose is to talk to us about marriage love as you look at it, you have to remember, this is poetry. So you have to take that into consideration as you, as you interpret it. And even more than that, it's romantic poetry. You have to keep that in mind. So here's, you've got this musical play. The main characters are Solomon. He's a young king of Israel. This is written at the beginning of his reign. And a young woman called the Shulamite. She's a simple country girl who fell in love with the king when he was disguised as a shepherd working in the north of Israel. If you remember from the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon tells us that he undertook expeditions to discover what life was like at different levels. Once he disguised himself as a country shepherd, and in that situation, met this young lady, they fall in love, now the story is set in Jerusalem. And as you read it, it's as if we've been invited to sit down with them as they look through an album and tell about their relationship. You know, here's we we're, were at this place, and this is when this happened. There we were at this situation. It's, it's that story that they tell that I want to point out to you. Five areas that men should initiate in. Five areas. So here we go. Men should, first of all, initiate verbal admiration. Guys, you need to brag on her. You need to brag on her to her do you catch what happens here? In chapter one, this is when this young lady first comes to the palace. They aren't married yet. She's speaking. One of the things you got to determine in this book is who's talking. It's a little hard to do sometimes. She's speaking here in verse five. She says, "I am black but lovely, O daughters of Jerusalem, like the tents of Keter, like the curtains of Solomon." "'Do not stare at me because I am swarthy, "'for the sun has burned me. "'My mother's sons were angry with me. "'They made me caretaker of the vineyards, "'but I have not taken care of my own vineyard.'" he's like, hey, I'm dark. People back then didn't pay to go tanning, okay? It wasn't a good thing to be dark. It meant you had to get out in the sun it meant that you were poor, and you had to work out the rich people got to sit in the shade, so she's like don't don't look at me, don't I, I know I'm dark, don't look at me. she's embarrassed, don't stare at me. my brothers her brothers appear a couple of times in the book, they seem to have some role in raising her, maybe their dad had passed away, and so And they discipline her at times. And they're upset with her about something. And they had sent her out to the vineyard to work. She's spending all this time out in the sun, out in the vineyard. She says, I've been out in the vineyard. Those stinking brothers of mine sent me out there. I've been out in the vineyard, and I haven't taken care of my own vineyard, my own appearance. Please don't look at me. This is her most awkward moment. We've been there, right? The awkward moment. I'm thinking of your most awkward moment. I mean, they come to mind pretty fast, right? You got to, Now share that with somebody next to you. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> this is hers. This is her most awkward moment. But then look over at chapter 2, verse 1. She says this. I am the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valleys. I'm the rose of Sharon. Sharon, the place where the best roses came from, the place where the most beautiful roses came from. So now this girl that was asking people to not not look at her is comparing herself to the most beautiful roses. She's done a 180. What happened? How did that happen? What turned her around? Well, back in chapter one, verse eight, he's speaking to her and he says this, "'If you yourself do not know, "'most beautiful young among women, Go forth on the trail of the flock and pasture your young goats by the tents of the shepherds. To me, my darling, you are like my mare among the chariots of Pharaoh. Just a word of advice, guys. Don't use that line. (laughs) But to Solomon, that that was a big compliment. He loved horses. He had a lot of them. You're like the best. You're out there in front. Your cheeks are lovely with ornaments, your neck with strings of beads. You, we will make for you ornaments of gold with beads of silver. He, he's bragging on her. He's complimenting her. He's taking the initiative. And his words turn her opinion of herself and her comfort level completely around. Men, if your wife doesn't feel good about herself... You need to take a careful look at whether you are doing the job you should be doing in building her up. If we went on in red, we would see that she then begins to return the compliments. She responds, see, you need in your marriage a mutual admiration society. You tell each other what is good and attractive and all the rest. It can transform your relationship. Be in the habit of regular, sincere, building up and encouraging. But men, it falls on you to initiate. Set the tone. Set the pace in your marriage in this area. Secondly, initiate a po- positive atmosphere. She's speaking verse 16. She's responding to his compliments. She says how handsome you are my beloved and so pleasant. Here's the deal. This guy's positive. He's fun to be around. He's happy. So he not only changes how she feels about herself because he's so positive, he may very well change about her about how she's feeling about her day. This is A man doing what he should do, of lifting the burden off of her. Guys, do you lift up or do you drag down? Are you a dark cloud hanging over the house or are you a blast of sunshine? You you know, there there aren't that many commands in Scripture about being a husband. There's one I I think we don't think about often enough. Ecclesiastes 9.9. Enjoy life. With the woman you love, all the days of your fleeting life, which he has given to you under the sun, for this is your reward in life, and in your toil in which you have labored under the sun. That's the command. Enjoy life, and how do you do that? You be positive. You be grateful. Enjoy the blessings you share together. Have a sense of humor, men. It, it's something how we can be so pleasant to people at church or neighbors or strangers, and yet and not even to and not to our spouse. You need to be up. Don't sit around and mope about your day, your work, or whatever. You know, some of you guys, you know what you need to do? When you pull the driveway, you've had a bad day? You need to stop before you go in the house. You need to just turn to God. You need to ask Him to help you be one who lifts your wife up that evening. Don't go in there and drag her down. Why? Because you're the man. Initiate positiveness. Is that a word? Positiveness. Initiate that. Get started. Do not do not go in there and lay more burden on her. You say, "Well, I've had a bad day. Boss didn't treat me right." Yeah, I know how that feels. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go laying that on your wife. You're supposed to be taking stuff off of her. Be pleasant. Be someone who the family is glad to see walk through the door. Initiate a positive atmosphere. Third, initiate public affection. Now, I'm not talking about the junior high stuff. <laughs> you know, you hang all over. Now, Chapter 2, verse 4, she's speaking. She says, He has brought me to his banquet hall and his banner over me is love. You get the picture. Here's the country girl. Solomon throws a major political party. And everyone's there. All the dignitaries are there. And this young lady walks in, and she notices one thing right off. His banner over me? The The word banner is a military term used by armies in battle as they communicated to their troops what to do. Everyone could see it. So they knew what to do on the battlefield. She's walking in, she says, what, what she knows is this, what was being communicated to everyone, something that everybody could see, was that he loved me. Everyone should be able to see by the way you treat your wife publicly, that you love her. Public affection. Tastefully done, speaks volumes to your wife, and it speaks volumes to everyone else. Our culture is in need of couples who know how to tastefully display affection to each other. A smile across the room, gently reaching out to touch or take a hand, what we say about each other, the tone in which we talk to each other, whatever it is, however you do it, men, you should initiate your banner over your wife should be love. It falls on you. Your wife should feel like everybody sees your love for her by the way you treat her in public. With respect, with care, with honor, with gentleness, let them see your love for your wife. Initiate public affection. Fourth, initiate creative activity. Chapter 2, verse 8, she's talking. She says, listen, my beloved, behold, he is coming, climbing on the mountains, leaping on the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle. This is how Becky describes me. It's like a gazelle or a yen stag. Behold, he is standing behind our wall. He's looking through the windows. He's peering through the lattice. See, they're not married yet. He's a little nervous. He's coming to take her out. Peering through the lattice. My beloved responded and said to me, Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, and come along. For behold, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone, the flowers have already appeared on the land, the time has arrived for pruning the vines, and the voice of the turtle dove has been heard in our land. The fig tree has ripened its figs, and the vines and blossom have given forth their fragrance. Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, and come along. He say, Let's get out and go have some fun. Winter's over, spring is sprung. Flowers are blooming, birds are singing, let's go have some fun. Men, you got to get your wife out of the house. Thought I'd get some amens from some ladies at that point. No, guess not. So, hey, if, it's, if your marriage has drifted into the doldrums, wake it up. If it's boring, if it's in a rut, guess whose fault that is. And just another note for those of you who may be dating, if the ladies, if the guy you're dating can't come up with some ideas, and if he shows up with nothing to do all the time, guess what he's going to be like when you marry him? Men, it's on you. Think outside the box. Get your wife out of the house. Let her enjoy life. You are supposed to enjoy life with the woman you love. Go have fun together. Initiate creative activity. Not just for your wife, by the way, also for your kids. I'm convinced our families should not only see us as pleasant when we're at home, but also as as those who come up with some ideas to make life enjoyable, to make life fun. And it doesn't always have to be something new. You don't have to come up with new ideas all the time. New things are great, but some things become tradition for you as a family. And I'm not talking about a rut. I'm talking about things that have meaning. something that everybody looks forward to. Those traditions, you should encourage men. You should develop those. Creative activity, it falls on you. It, it's great to listen to your wife if she has ideas, but, and you should do that. But don't you put the burden on her of creative ideas for your family. That's on you. Initiate it. Fifth thing. Fifth area, initiate solving petty problems. Chapter 2, verse 15, he's speaking. He says, catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that are ruining the vineyards while our vineyards are in blossom. See, they uh, repeatedly compare their relationship to a vineyard. And things are going good. Their vineyard's blossoming. It's growing. There's fruit. Things are happening. But Solomon knows there's little problems every once in a while. These little foxes. The emphasis is on the word little. It's little foxes that can ruin the vineyards. Little foxes that keep coming in. They keep coming back. You know, they keep showing up. Just this past week, I was holding a lead line to a horse as the farrier was trimming its hooves, and the door of the barn in the back was open, and uh, all of a sudden, something ran by, and I couldn't catch what it was as fast as it was going, but I saw it, and the horse saw it. And the horse's, you know, its head went up. It starts dancing around. The fairy's like, what's going on? Like, so something just ran by. So I'm trying to hold this horse still. Finally, we get it settled down. He finishes trimming her. We put her back in the stall. I go back to look out the, that door, and there, on top of a manure pile, there's a scrawny-looking little fox. Tiny little thing. just hit me, it's funny. You know, it's one of those situations where you got this thousand-pound animal, a horse, and it's all jittery because of a little scrawny fox that ran by. Sometimes the big deal of our marriage gets all disturbed because of the little foxes that keep coming back and that's what happens with a lot of marriages they keep coming back the problem doesn't get fixed it gets sort of over we get through it in some way it doesn't work to ignore them solomon said catch them catch them. take the, take it under your control as a couple Ecclesiastes 9.9 9 again, enjoy life with the woman who you love all the days of your fleeting life. See, there's no time to waste. Life's going by fast, and we're told to enjoy life with her all the days. Don't let days go by where you're not fixing the problem, where you're not speaking to each other. You need to fix it. Don't sweep it under the rug. Don't just get beyond it. Fix them. And guess who has to take the initiative in that? Guys, guys, if we went on and read the rest of the story in this, in this book, they get married. And then the typical marriage problem happens. It's a funny problem. If you, know, if you don't know the story, just quickly tell you, I'm not going to go through all the details of it. He comes home late at night, they're married now, he comes home late at night, she's in bed, the door is locked, it's raining outside, he can't get in, and he's knocking on the door, and she's yelling back, sorry, I washed my feet. I don't want to get him dirty again. I've changed, I'm in bed, I don't want to get, basically she throws out a couple of airball excuses and then, and he has to go somewhere. The night it's raining outside, he's gotta leave. That to me is so typical of a marriage problem. Somebody, one of the two, ends up being a little selfish, could go either way, right? And anybody from the outside looking in going, they should be able to fix this real easy. This shouldn't have been a fight. It's the way typical marriage fights go. They're not big problems. There's some little problem that, that people don't seem to fix. It just keeps coming back. Learn to fix the issues. what's missing from your marriage? Guys, are you building her up? Are you pleasant? Are you showing public affection? Are you creative? Are you solving petty problems? It's up to you to initiate. And if you know Solomon's story, I think there's a huge, huge warning here for us. It's not in the book, Song of Solomon. But if you know his story from the rest of the Old Testament, you know that Solomon ends up messed up, right, in this area of marriage. Because he ends up in all these political marriages, he ends up with hundreds and hundreds of wives. He ends up messed up. You're thinking, what happened here? The warning, I think, is to all of us, you know, that you can have all the right information and you can try to do all the right things. If you don't keep paying attention, guys, if you're too passive, if you don't initiate and keep initiating, even your good marriage can end up in ruins. Take the risk. Step up to the plate. Go on offense. Initiate. And see, just see what God can do in your marriage. If you're already fully engaged, just keep doing it. If you're struggling in some area, step up to the plate and see what God does. change your life, to change the life of your wife, to change your marriage, to bring Him honor and glory. Let's stand and we'll pray. Father, thank you, God, for your love for us and the opportunities we have to... to, uh, to bring you honor through our relationships. God, I pray that we would be faithful in what you called us to do as husbands, as wives. God, I pray for the men here. Thank you for so many of them that are fully engaged in their marriages. Thank you, God, that uh, you've worked in their life and brought them to that point. But Father, there's others here struggling for whatever reason. God, help them to step up. Help us all to continue to be faithful. We don't want to see our marriages downgrade. So help us, God, to keep initiating as men to honor you, we pray. Father, I pray you bless our week ahead. Plenty of opportunities, God, for us to stand for you in our homes, in our communities. God, help us. You always be faithful. We love you. We thank you for loving us this day. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for being here. Look forward to seeing you next Sunday.